Escape from Plan A. Hello, and we're back with part two of the uh, episode we were talking about the modern love piece in New York Times by Andrew Lee. So why don't we just pick up where we left off? If you guys uh, haven't listened to part one, I would recommend going back to it instead of us summarizing everything we said. So. All right, we were talking about, does, any, um, does anyone want to pick it up? It, I guess what I'm saying is like the discourse has reached the point where it's become very painful for people, where it's like you can't, I think for women who, Asian women who have only dated white, that the politicization of the uh, topic has kind of put them in a pretty bad position. Well, you know, where, yeah. where their dating history is necessarily indicative of shit politics or complicity with white supremacy and things like this. And that's right. a that's a big charge, man. For yeah. for an Asian girl who grew up in like a white Texas town is like I this white people are all I've ever known. And then as you get into, you know, uh as you become more familiar with how Asian people talk in America, then you start coming across these notions of white worship and internalized racism. Um is that helpful? Or is that fair? I don't know. For this article, kind of made me think about that. To be honest, uh, you you mentioned compassion because that's something we've talked about with mm-hmm. sort of other articles. We did a, you know, we talked about that. Um, uh, what was it? The cut article? Yeah. About I think it was about like incels or one of their the, many the, the uh, cosmetic surgery. Yeah, the cosmetic surgery yeah. one, yeah. and where you know we sort we knocked it because we're like they, they they're lacking compassion in telling this story or or oftentimes that narrative is lacking compassion. And I think this particular story, um, even adding the political layer on top, was trying to be compassionate to a Sarah, right? Because it is it is a serious charge to say that basically, because we've talked about those those Asian dudes who are like, you know, if you've ever dated a, a white man as an Asian woman, like, you know, you're never ever going to be good enough and nothing you do can sort of redeem you in our eyes. Um, I think it's important to to allow for growth. Like people do ha- sometimes when they're young have shitty politics or they, they, they buy into shitty um, ways of thinking. And if we don't allow or have some space to say, you know what, I've grown up and I've fucked up, man or woman, and then allow people to, not allow, but like individually be like, you know what, I'll, I'll give you a shot, then... I don't know where else where we can go as Asian America, right? If we don't allow people to make mistakes and sort of forgive them, then you know I I, I can understand where a lot of the anger comes from, but like for us to hold on to that forever and for you know and and if an Asian man or woman ever makes a mistake, they can never be Asian enough or or be good enough to come back and be seen as you know allowed to sort of be in the group. That is not a way to build a community. Like we're never going to be able to build anything. It'll it'll just we'll always be at the whims of of, of a greater you know the greater powers, right? Yeah, he uh, uh, John, I'll, I'll let you speak, but he he expressly says that in this paragraph where he says at that point. Well, he I think this is after she told him about the race thing. At that point, I didn't know what to think. Was she rejecting me as a dating formality or because my race made us an impossibility? I felt indignant. Shouldn't I reject her outright on behalf of all Asian men? And then he says no. 
So he yeah he does he, yeah he knows that this is a real feeling. And and you know I mean it's not like they had like a thirty minute coffee date and she drops the bomb right like just to focus on this particular couple and their particular story. They had a nine hour date. I mean you know maybe he maybe he's exaggerated, but they seem to have a really good time. And for him to I think just on a personal level be like I'm just gonna not give her the time of day because she said one bad thing, even though it's a big thing on the first date would probably have been a mistake. Like if, if he had been my friend and he came to me and said, you know, I met this great girl, but this happened. I probably would have been like, okay, I get it, dude. Like I get it. It's not, a, it's not a comfortable thing. There are a lot of emotions involved, but did you like her? I'd probably be like, at least give her one more date. Just from a you know totally non-political, just like if someone was going to come and ask me advice. Yeah, I, I find myself totally agreeing with everything you just said just now, except what does it say about me when I read this article and find myself annoyed with this interaction with this 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 girl? I I don't know. I, I feel like I agree. People should have people have the capacity to change and their priorities in life shift around and they grow and develop as a person. So we can't necessarily, you know, make their past who they are. Um, which is, you know, what I take issue with the term banana ring. Um, however, the way that it actually played out, right, I found myself being very annoyed. So I guess the quote you, you read was very, very relevant in this case. Um, I can imagine that my reaction to facing something like that would just be, I'm not going to bother with a second date. But maybe we're stuck in an old world, right? Because I sometimes think we're still operating off of 10-year-old data. Mm-hmm. And we're still thinking of now, 2019, as being like 2012. And it's kind of shocking how fast things change. And they change almost faster than people are able to comprehend it. Comprehend it. So I think, you know, regarding what you're saying about the politics, I think that's true. But I think that there is some recent political development, I think, post-Trump that we've talked about, too, which factors into this, which is post-Trump, um, a lot of the those assumptions about the white norm has been challenged in a fundamental way where now I think, you know, we're double, there's, you know, the size, the Asian Americans, I mean, there's like 20 million people. That's the size of like, you know, that's the size of a small nation. Right. So now maybe the issue is um, not so much. How do you get people to want to buy into, you know, uh, Asian American as an identity or as a community, but rather the barriers and exclusions that we've been putting on people mm-hmm. because they've there there's nowhere for people to go now is like is very difficult to assimilate into white post Trump, um, and so maybe that's where we're at now. Yeah, I want to address I want to address John what you said about feeling kind of miffed by the story. I think. I think we need to know more about Andrew because I think a lot of guys, not you saying, but I think if, if you see a kind of angry Asian male reaction to this article, I think they're projecting certain things onto Andrew. They might think that, I don't know, he was like a, like a virgin until he was like 29 or whatever. He's like getting taken advantage of. We, we really have no idea what he was like. He said he was like popular in high school. Maybe he was like fucking around. He's a pretty handsome dude. Did you yeah. see his picture? No, he's like, he's, a, he's wealthy yeah. and everything. Maybe he was fucking around. A, was he a VC or some shit? <laughs> yeah. He is, yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah. he played yeah. strong safety in high school. Okay, let's assume that he had a pretty full life. Then is it would that make it a lot better? Like he lived his like best life or whatever and now he's looking for something long term. He wants to, you know, what I, the sense I get from this article, he wants to build like a better Asian America. Um, it's not like he was, 
he missed out on a ton of things. And now this this woman who wouldn't have given him the time of day like 10 years ago now wants to No, he he did his thing. He, he had a good life. And now he wants to build something with someone. Isn't it uh, good that he has met someone who also seems to be willing to challenge her prior beliefs? Because that's not easy. I mean, we've talked with, you know, Asian women like Tina, what you said, uh, the ground has shifted so fast that you can be um, you can have spent so much of your life invested in a certain type of belief where being a good Asian American meant, you know, aspiring to a certain level of whiteness. But damn, in like the last two to three years, that has completely changed. And it's not like you can't you can change your past. And we all make mistakes, Mark, as you said. And you can't just be held guilty for that all all your life. I, I think it's it can it can be very unfair. I mean, as as an as, I'm a, you know, as an adoptee, like you know, we've talked. I've I've talked to many other you know adoptee adoptees and a lot of adoptee women, and they're and they're women that are leaders in our community and that you know who've dated many other people. You know, they they might have married white, have you know have half Asian kids. There, there are some that marry other adop, uh, other Asian adoptees. That they're ones, you know, that community. Like when I think of someone like a Sarah who grew up in Texas, um, she has much more. Like she, I can see her in in a lot of the other adoptee women I've known who've grown up. And because as a, as an Asian adoptee, you're, I don't know, ninety nine percent chance of being adopted to a, a very white area of the country. Like you know. I'm not going to hold their whole like history of maybe not dating other Asian men against them. Um, you know, it, it, if they're particularly bad about why and they, and, and they don't, they don't listen or learn from other people, then maybe I'll be more angry at them. But if they're sort of like, Oh, I've never heard of this, or this is just the way I, I was taught and they're open to, to, to listen and change. That's much different. That's a much different thing. Because one thing we said was that there's no way this article probably came out without her approval, right? I, I would hope not. I yeah, mean, so <laughs> my I, wife would never allow me to write an article like this without her. Like, like here's a question I have for you guys. Do you like if you're a fairly um, let's let's say like a non-Asian person, don't really know about this issue, and you read this article, what would be your impression of someone like Sarah or like Asian women like her? Or Asian people. <laughs> <laughs> I would think of her as someone who was just um, not very familiar with Asian men. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I would, I wouldn't think too much of it if I were not Asian. If yeah, I mean yeah. if I read this about a black woman who grew up like like I said, if I read this about a black woman who yeah. had never dated black men before, I would be like she seems uncomfortable around black men, but then she got over it quick. Yeah. Like I I I'm, I'm trying to think of how my mom would think of it if she's and she's probably read this. Um yeah, I think she would just think like what you guys are saying that oh, she just wasn't around them. She was in Texas and she wasn't she was uncomfortable, but she got over it. And good for her, right? She's she's learning, you know, she's with the man that can who knows her heritage or whatever. Or another way to put this, who do you think comes off better here, Andrew or Sarah? Like if you had to choose one. 